0: Good evening. evening. Two weeks ago, we looked at the shepherds and the angels that appeared to them, and we looked at some thoughts from them. Um, I was thinking about that, and I thought, well, there were other characters and people that were involved in the Christmas story, and I thought, let's have a little look at what what's going on with them. So I thought we'd do a little bit of that tonight. Um, but before we go there, let's, let's just bow for a second with a, for a minute with a word of prayer. Father, thank you for sending your son and thank you for giving us this season at Christmas that we remember um, the birth of your son, that he came to this earth um, and the reason that he came was to, to die for us to go to a cross, to be a perfect man to go to a cross and to bear our sins. So, Father, with that in mind, just help us. um, Draw us tonight closer to you. Um, If if it's a new story that we've never heard, then, Lord, open our eyes to it. And if we've been wandering away from you and, and distracted by this world, then draw us back. Father, just give us a renewed hope and joy in your son this Christmas season. We ask it now in Jesus' name. Amen. The shepherds found the lamb at the manger. You know, the Christmas story appears in only two of the four Gospels. I thought about that. John, what, what it says in John is pretty short. It just says, um, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It's the Christmas story, but it's a pretty shortened down version. And like I said, Mark doesn't mention anything about the Christmas story. Um, last time I was with you, we looked at Luke 21 2, 1 to 20, and that talks about Jesus' birth and the shepherds. Um, Luke 21, I'm going to read a little bit to you from there, um, goes like this. And when Luke 2, 21 to 38 goes like this. And when the days were accomplished for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy unto the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was a de- just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us out thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rise again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher, and she was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore years and four, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she, coming in in that instant, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord, and spake of him, meaning Jesus, to all them that looked for the redemption in Jerusalem. The birth of a child was normally a happy occasion, it's excitement. Um, but it was also a reminder that sin is transmitted naturally to every person. Every person who is born is naturally a sinner. So the mother was prohibited from performing any religious duties, uh, in the case of a boy, for 40 days, and in the case of a, day, a girl, for 80 days. After this time, she was required to bring a burnt offering to the temple, um, and that was a sin offering for her cleansing, so that she could be cleansed again and could return back to religious duties that she might have. Um, so it was custom, they brought Jesus in the first eight days to be circumcised. That happened. But then in this next period of time, these 33 days after that, they bring Jesus again to the temple. And that's where we run into Simeon. And they offer their gift of uh, two turtle doves, or young pigeons, um, and all of the scholars said that shows the poverty of these, this family, this um, young family, Joseph and Mary and Jesus. Otherwise, a, a lamb might have been offered, but because of poverty, just pigeons. And it's where they cross paths with Simeon. And he is waiting for the consolation of Israel. And I looked at, and discovered what's the consolation of Israel? What's that mean? Well, simply it's this it, the consolation of Israel is the promised Messiah. And he calls him the Lord's Christ. The Lord's Christ meaning Yahweh or God and Christ meaning Messiah. So once again, it's just a repeat. The consolation of Israel is the promised Messiah. It's the Lord's Christ, God's Messiah. There were many people who claimed to be Messiahs in those days, not them. This is the one Yahweh's appointed one. This is the real thing. And he takes baby Jesus up in his arms and he praises God. And says, let me die in peace, for I've seen your salvation. And it's interesting. A light to the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And he says, it before the face of all people. Everybody can see it. It's for everybody. Once again, Anna's there. Another older woman. And we only look at the the three, or not three, the wise men. And we call them wise But I just thought as as I was looking through this story, here's a couple of senior people with a lot of age and wisdom behind them. And we don't always give them credit as being wise as they see Jesus, but they they were. They were waiting for this promised Messiah. They were waiting for this one. And here these two elderly people are longing and looking for the Messiah to come. Like I said, I was thinking about the wise men. You'll find their story in Matthew 2, We're going to go over there and read a little bit there too. Um. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Matthew 2, verse 1, of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem saying, where is he that is born the king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Then Herod, the king, had heard these things. He was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently, what time the star appeared? And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may also come also and worship him. And when they heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Darren, you could flip up that image of who are the wise men, just so they have something other than me to look at. That's the picture we usually think of when we think of the wise men. Some guys riding on some camels, coming across the desert from some faraway land. And we usually think of them as three because of the three gifts, but that's not exactly what we're told here. It just says men. Um... Who were they? They're sometimes called magi. Um, Sometimes people call them kings, but we don't really have that. They're possibly not kings. Maybe they were, maybe not. Some think they were astronomers and sorcerers from Babylon, Babylonian nations east of Israel. Some believe them to be priests from a previous Persian empire. Um, Zoroastrians is one word they give to them. And lastly, some people think that they're Chinese mystics. Uh, that I think that's a bit of a stretch. I think there's reasons why I, I don't think they were. But they studied the stars. Did you know that this last Thursday there was a meteor shower? Anybody know that? Well, there's a couple that knew that. I didn't know that was coming. Wednesday night I was out in the dark, and I noticed a couple shooting stars, I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. And every now and then, I look at the stars, and I pay attention to where things are. I notice that, you know what, in the summertime, the Big Dipper was low on the horizon in the, early in the, in the night, above Woodstock, you couldn't hardly see it, and I notice it now, it's, it's way up in a different position, uh, kind of almost right above us. I notice the stars move, I notice things change, you know what that tells me? No, me neither. It doesn't tell me, like these guys, that, that there's a king being born somewhere across the planet. It doesn't tell me that. It doesn't tell. You know what? When I was born, there were no stars that I know of that appeared in the sky. And I don't think for you either. But on this night, there were stars that appeared. And these guys, looking at the stars in their far off country, they. They were, not, they were possibly some wacky guys. They were possibly into all kinds of idolatry and all kinds of things going on with them. But somehow when they looked at the stars and with, I think, a little bit of information they might have had from, from other people, they got the idea that there's a king being born. Like I said, where do we get the idea that there were kings? Well, there are some verses that people go back to um, Isaiah 60, 1 to 6, goes like this Arise and shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall rise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Lift up thine eyes round about, and see. All they gather themselves together, they come to thee. Thy son shall come from far, and thy daughter shall be nursed at thy side. Then thou shalt see and flow together, and thine heart shall fear and be enlarged, because of the abundance of the sea shall cover, be converted unto thee, and the forces of the Gentiles shall come to thee. The multitude of camels shall cover thee, the dromedaries of Midian and Ephrath, and all they from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense and they shall show forth praises of the Lord. There's another verse in Psalms. 72. It reads like this. And there's other ones like this. These are not the two exclusive ones. There's other verses like this. Psalms 72, 10 and 11 goes like this. The kings of Tarshish and of the Isles shall bring presents, the kings of Sheba and Seba shall offer gifts, yea, all kings shall fall down before him, and all the nations shall serve him. Because of some verses like this, which actually are actually pointing to a millennial kingdom that Jesus is coming to reign. Maybe it's a dual prophecy, I don't know, but because of some of those verses, people attribute to these men kingship which is maybe a bit of a stretch. I was thinking about these men, these magi. Remember Daniel? Remember Daniel when he was a young Jewish man he was sent away captive in Babylon? And think of this. When the new kingdoms were taken over by another kingdom, they collected all the young promising people and the individuals so that they might stand and serve in the king's palace. And that's what happened with Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach. And in fact, they gave them new names. Um, and you remember the story when Daniel interprets the dream for King Nebuchadnezzar, when all the wise men could not, that the king elevated him to a higher place above all of the, all of the wise men in the land, and he became chief of the Magi. You can look at that in Daniel 2, 47 and 48. It says this, Nebuchadnezzar says to Daniel, Surely your God is the God of gods. And the Lord of Kings and the Revealer of Mysteries. And verse 48 says this, Then the king made Daniel a great man and gave him many gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. Daniel, in that captivity, is also given prophecies. He's given the prophecies of of a new Jerusalem that's going to be built, And so many years after that, the Messiah is going to come. Later on, we see Nehemiah, that King Artaxerxes allows, Nehemiah gives him permission, gives him the edict that he can go and take stuff to go start building the new temple in in Jerusalem and to fix it again. Some have said this, some have said that these wise men, these guys that were up there that we look at at Christmas time, are the remnants, are the descendants, are the... They got the passed down information from Daniel. Now, I can't prove that one way or the other. I, I think that sounds very believable. They got some of Daniel's information. And therefore, they come looking for this king. It's it's some 480 something years later. And it would have been passed down and passed down and passed down. I don't know if that's true. I do know this, that when kingdoms were taken over, they saved those wise men and they became servants for the new king and they were looked on as giving the information for the new people so it's, it's quite likely that Babylon when it was taken over by the next bunch and the Persians and that they would have the same practices they would continue to take the best of the best and they would see their information and it might have gotten passed down that even Daniel's prophecies got passed down to these kind of mystical sorcerer wise men And so they have this idea that someday, some way, there's supposed to be a new king coming. Whatever it was, we don't know, but they came. They came, and they were looking for a king. And they didn't come empty-handed. They came with gifts. I was thinking about that. Some of us have really hard people to buy for at Christmas time. And you look, these guys, they're coming to a king. What do you get for a king? What do you give to a king? These guys come. They bring gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold was associated with wealth and power. It had the symbolism of a king. Frankincense was incense and perfume, and it was symbolic of deity when they would offer up sacrifices they would pour out these incenses on them so that the gods probably these guys gods not God would smell it and would give favor to them that's that was their idea of deity you put perfume on there so when they come to this king they're bringing their incense myrrh was a perfume used for embalming in Egypt and ancient lands and it was symbolic of death It's amazing that that was brought to this young child. And myrrh was also used to anoint kings. They came asking, where is he born, king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we are come to worship him. King of the Jews. I I can't help but think back to Nebuchadnezzar's word to Daniel. Surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings. And the revealer of mysteries. And I think somehow that that got passed down, even maybe to these guys. I, I, that seems very likely to me. Numbers 24, 17 to 19 says this, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab, and destroy, destroy all the children of Sheth, And Edom shall be a possession, Sarah also shall be a possession for his enemies, and Israel shall do valiantly. Out of Jacob shall come he that shall have dominion, and shall destroy him that remaineth of the city. Jeremiah 23 verse 5 says this, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will rise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. Had these guys heard this? Is that what they're doing? I, I don't know. It's, it's a, a thought in my mind. Had they heard that this, this new king was going to come and execute judgment, would it be like when Israel went into Canaan and they slaughtered all the nations? Was he thinking, were they thinking that? We better get on the better side of this new king before he comes into our land and he starts executing judgment. Maybe, maybe they had that thought. I mean, that is kind of the thought that Israel had. Their Messiah was supposed to come and deliver them from the Romans, from the Babylonians, from whatever nation and and peoples that were oppressing them. Did these guys have that same kind of thought and thought, we better get on the good side of this new king? I don't know. And we won't ever know. Or had they come to worship the true God? If these men were connected to the Magi... Of Daniel's day, seeking the king of kings, and, the, and they were looking for the one of whom King Nebuchadnezzar said, Surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and the revealer of mysteries. Well, there is a possibility that, that that might be true too, that they were there actually to find the real God. Whatever their motive and reason, they came. They saw a star. Somehow they knew a king was going to be born to the Jews. And they came. And we don't know how many there were either. Like I said, we look at the gifts, three gifts. So we assume a gift for each wise man. But that's an assumption. Some traditions believe that there may have been as many as 12. And therefore we get the 12 days of Christmas. But like I said, that's just a tradition. I started to wonder... These wise men came. They had a, a huge journey ahead of them. Did some of them back out? Were there more that started off along the way? And, and, and you know what? You know what? We got down the pathway. It's like, yeah, this is nice and all, but yeah, it's a long ways. It's a tough journey. I'm, I'm going to go back. Did some of them have that? It was just a thought that popped through my mind. I don't know. What we do know is that the ones who went the whole way were united in their journey. And in their mission, because when they came to King Herod, they said, We, we have seen his star in the East, and we have come to worship him. I found this neat thing when I was looking at some of the stuff for the wise men. And this one group thought for sure they came from the Chaldeans from Daniel's day, and, and they were pretty pretty set in that. But I I found this one neat little thing. That was in their article. It said they're Studying the skies around the time of the birth of Jesus, using NASA technology, Rick Larson, who's some scientist, discovered in an extremely rare triple, triple conjection, the king star, Regulus, crossing the king planet, Jupiter, within the constellation of the lion, Leo, king of all the animals, three times king, king, king. So these stars were all lining up according to this NASA guy back in Jesus' birthday time. Um, And more than that, the constellation of the lion, which is called that in every language as far back as records go, has an association with the kingly tribe of Judah, the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he says the message was all there for them to see it. I I just thought that was kind of cool. Even a worldly NASA guy can... Look and say, see, the stars lined up for this occasion. Interesting. They thought baby king Jesus would be a popular event and everybody would know about it. Because of that, they went to the palace. They went to the palace. Where do you find a king? You find him in the palace. He's going to be part of the royal family, obviously. That's just where you're going to look. They go to the city of Jerusalem, into the palace. And to their surprise, they ask, and King Herod has no idea what they're talking about. King Herod doesn't know. He has to inquire where this king is supposed to be born, of the, all the priests and the scribes. And their answer comes from Micah chapter 5, verse 2. When you read it from Micah, it's a little bit different. It says, But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrath. Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of these shall he come forth unto me, that is to be a ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from old, from everlasting. That part is left out. His goings have been from old, from everlasting. And that we know that's Jesus. He was there from the beginning of creation and before. He's the one who spoke the world into existence. Micah tells us. These guys miss that fact. It's not repeated to Herod. And Herod asks them privately, he says when you find the child come and tell me so that I can come and worship him too. We know that part of the story. It's never his intent. And they left the king and they, the star that they were following came and stood over the place where Jesus was it says. And it says when they saw it they rejoiced with exceeding Great joy. We know the story. They, they see Jesus and Mary. Not in the stable anymore. They've moved on. It's some, probably some two years later. And they come to the house where Mary and Jesus are. It says they fall down and worship him. And they open their treasures. And they give to him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They fall down and with open hands... They kneel before the child and they give him their gifts. That's amazing to me. These guys from a faraway country come to this Jerusalem to see this Jewish new king, just a young baby. You know, normally in, in ancient times, kings were, or children were not give him much honor, much attention, but they come now to this new king baby, young king child, and they bow, and they give him their gifts. And and what did they give him? Well, they gave him the best that they had. They gave him the most costly treasures that they could bring along. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And they present this to the, the little child and to the family. Simeon and Anna were drawn to Jesus by the Holy Spirit. The shepherds were drawn to the Savior that first Christmas when the angels appeared to them. And they left worshiping when they'd seen the Lamb of God. The wise men were drawn to the King of Kings when they saw the star. And you know what? After they had been exposed to the fact, to that fact, they knew that Jesus, the king of kings, was coming. Somehow they knew that Jesus was coming. Herod, the king, he should have been drawn to Christ when the wise men told him the news and the priests showed him the prophecies, but he refused. The priests and the scribes should also have been drawn to the Lord when they were stirred by the inquiry of the wise men. And the king, but they were not. They were not. Simeon and Anna both praised and blessed Jesus. The shepherds left worshipping him. The wise men presented their gifts, treasures the best they could give, worshipping the young kings, like I said, with open hands, having left their whole world behind, traveling a great distance at great cost and expense to do it. But not King Herod. King Herod with his scepter in his hand, he No way that he's going to let go of that. And he sought to destroy this new king. And the priests and the scribes, well, they turned their back on him as well. Why? Probably to keep power in their own realm. I was thinking about that and I was thinking about this. What will you do? What will I do this Christmas? Will you bow to your king? Will you go out spreading the news? Worshipping him. I was thinking about that too. Are you sensing the Savior drawing you? I mean, those wise men in that far off country, they saw a star. Somehow they sensed the Lord drawing them. God was drawing them to come and see this new king, and they said, Yes, we're going to go. Others said no and turned away. They said yes. Last time we saw the shepherds, they saw the angels and the light of them. They said, go and look in Bethlehem. They were drawn by the angels to go and see. And they went and they saw. Are you sensing the Savior drawing you? Maybe God hasn't lit up your sky with stars or angels. But I know know if you've been here for a little while, um, you've heard Pastor Sam and you've heard Dave and you've heard others that are sharing God's word with you, this, the prophecies, the word of God. And I know for some others, God's thrown stuff into your pathway that's saying, look, here I am. Take notice, life is short. It can be gone in a snap. Pay attention, watch out. I know God's used that stuff to get your attention. Will you hold on tight to your kingdom or will you give your heart to him this Christmas? Jesus came to a stable, carved in the rocks and became the lamb of God. Colossians 2:14 and 15 says this, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross and having spoiled Principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. First Corinthians fifteen fifty-five and 50 to fifty-seven says this: "O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ." Do you hear that? This king that was born there, that was worshipped there by the wise men, through his death, nailing our sins to the cross, won the victory. He won the victory. He's, he's not just the king without a kingdom. He's not just the king that's done nothing. He went to battle, and he fought for us, and he won the victory. And it says, he gives it to us. It doesn't say he requires you to go out and work for it and get it and be, bring it to his kingdom. No, he says he gives it, gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Dave, this morning, he read from Revelations. And I hadn't printed this off, so I thought, hey, that, that's kind of neat. I haven't, And he stopped. He, he read from Revelations 5, 13 to 14 this morning. I flipped back through a few verses as he was reading, and Revelations 4 and 5 caught my attention, where John the Apostle says, And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. He also read from Philippians this morning, 2, 6 to 8, I think. But I noticed that he stopped, or God stopped him, so I would have something left over. I don't know, maybe. Philippians 2, 9 to 11 says like this, Wherefore God hath also highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He's the king. He's the king that won the battle and that won the victory. And these wise men didn't know that they were coming to worship a king who was going to win. They didn't know that, but he did. The shepherds came, they saw the lamb. The wise men came and they worshipped the king who would conquer all of our foes and rise victorious over them. Jesus will one day rise from another king. He would one day rise from another king, hewn out of the rocks, after he had defeated all of our foes, a ruling victorious king forever. There was another part of what David read this morning in Revelation. And I thought, there's there's maybe something I wanted to share tonight. And I was debating, yes, no, maybe, maybe not. And I told him when, when we prayed earlier, I said, you read, and they sung a new song saying, thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, a new song. And then he read later on where John said, and they heard all of the ones before, all the the four beasts and all the ones in heaven and under the earth. They heard him saying, and it kind of said to me, okay, share share what, what it was you were contemplating whether or not to share. In 1994, there was a movie that came out for children. It was an animated movie. It was a Disney movie. It was The Lion King. And it had all kinds of musical stuff in there. And like I told you before, when there are sometimes these musical tunes that come into my mind and I, I love the tune, but I don't like the words. And so I just, I don't know, I, the tune gets stuck in my mind and I find myself humming that thing along and wanting to be careful of where I'm humming that because somebody's going to hear me humming that and know the words are kind of goofy. But there was one. that, on that movie that caught my attention. And I changed the words on that thing. It was the circle of life. Dumb words, I thought. We're not just on a circle revolving. Our energy gets passed down and somewhere else we rise up a new form again and we go on. No. It's not just that we're a part of this force and we're just playing our little part in the world and then someone will be forgotten and that's all that there is. No, that's, that's crazy thought. That's, there's other people that have that thought. And I thought as I was listening to that tune, I, I can't sing those words, but the, the tune wouldn't go away. So what I do, and I, like I told you that before, I, I change words. And I'm humming this thing away. And then I'm humming, and the words that come to my mind are this. And as I was going through this thought about the, the wise men, these words came back to my mind. The king of kings, the lamb of glory, the prince of peace, he has come. The lion of the tribe of Judah, behold the king. Come, hallelujah, see, Jesus has come. From the day he arrived on the planet, the moment his chapter had begun, kings from afar saw a new shining star and decide they would come see the one. And shepherds in their fields abiding, keeping watch over flocks in the night. They saw the light, angels so bright, with the message, Behold, he has come. Who? The king of kings, the lamb of glory, the prince of peace. He has come. The lion of those stars of the tribe of Judah. Behold, the king, Jesus has come. From the days of his youth, Jesus' childhood, then the moment his wonders begin." The water to wine, men raised back to life, yet so very few recognize him. The woman at the well he just spoke with and told her all she'd ever done. She went away, but she returned that day after she told everyone. The king of kings, the lamb of glory, the prince of peace, is he the one? The lion of the tribe of Judah, behold the one who knows all that I've done. Jesus has come. From the day we arrive on the planet, there simply just is no doubt. What we have done with God's holy son, this is what life is about. Some hung him up on a cross. Others sealed him in a grave. With tears in our eyes and faith in our lives, we've seen the place where they laid. The king of kings, the lamb of glory, the prince of peace, he he's gone. He's gone. The lion of the tribe of Judah, behold the place where his body once laid, Jesus is gone. From the day he ascended to heaven, he promised to prepare a place, and then when it's done, that he would come, and we would see him face to face. Scoffers say, where is his coming? They tell us they won't believe Soon trumpets will sound. He will come down, and then in His glory we'll see, the King of Kings, the Lamb of Glory, the Prince of Peace. He will come, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Behold, your King. Jesus will come. Are you ready? Are you ready? He's coming back. This King that was born. That's just a little thing where you can see. The green is the line of of David's kingdoms. And all of his family that became kings. You can't see the names. It's a little too small. There's the red is the, how the prophets overlap. And, and uh, Daniel and, and those guys. On this side is the line of when the kingdom is divided. And all of the kings on there who weren't followers. Weren't, weren't goodly kings. But this Christmas... What are you going to do with Jesus? That was what David asked us this morning. What are you going to do with Jesus? Will you come? Will you bow your life and your heart to Him? Will you give Him the gift of your heart and your life, or will you hold onto your kingdom? Your kingdom's not going to last. Your kingdom is a short little kingdom that that's as short as. The flowers of the field, the Bible tells us. It withers like the grass and it's gone. You can hang on tight to that, but you're going to lose it. Or you can give it to the Lord. And you can let Him have your heart. And you can reign with Him forever. What are you going to do this Christmas? Let's pray. Father, I thank You for Your Word. And I thank You that we could look just for a minute, for a few minutes, at the wise men. And Father, I thank You... (coughs) For even thoughts that you've given to me 20 years ago that just show me without a doubt, you're the king of kings. You're the lamb of glory. You're the prince of peace. You're the lion of the tribe of Judah. You came, and behold, you're going to come back. Father, those words became so much more meaningful when I look at this and I see even those words that I didn't know exactly. I just thought they were words of of blessing to you. But Lord, I look and I see in this these words to these wise men and these thoughts where they saw your star, where they came to worship the king. They came to see the lamb of glory. They came to see the lion of the tribe of Judah. Father, you sent your son to be all of that for me and for these folk here to save us from our sins. Father, I just pray that if there are some here that need to, for the first time in their life, first time ever, put their trust in you, that they would not slough that off, that they would not walk away, that they would not turn their back, that they would not hold on to their kingdom so tightly, but that they would yield to you, Father, this night and this Christmas season. And for some of us who may have been wandering around, Father, help us to focus our attention back on your Son, Father, like Simeon and Anna, who are longing for the Messiah, who are longing and seeking and devout and in worship and praise of him. Father, help us to share that message with those around us that we love so that others will see your son as well. Father, just bless us now tonight with all of this. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.